from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I hope you're all having yourselves a phenomenal morning, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the show. I will shake this, this this up-and-down allergy, not feeling the greatest because I don't like coming in a few minutes after, but I'm happy to be here this morning. I appreciate the fact that you're tuning in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. So make sure you're tuning in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. There's a lot to get into, a lot to talk about this morning. We're going to spend the first hour of the show on Syracuse basketball, who is just officially started off their season last night, the game that counts they played Eastern Washington and had no problem with Eastern Washington winning the game 63 or 66, pardon me, to 34. And I was obviously in attendance at the game, covering the game and speaking with the team. So we're going to get into that game in just a few moments. And we're going to get into my conversations with assistant coach Alan Griffin, as well as true freshman Robert Braswell, returning sophomore off of an ACL injury. Howard Washington Jr. will also be joining the show, and it is my pleasure and my privilege to let you know that I will also have a one-on-one conversation with Elijah Hughes, who's in his first season on the court with the Orange, but came in and transferred last year from Eastern from East Carolina, and he is play after sitting out a year because you have to do that with transfer rules. He has three seasons with Syracuse, and so him and I had the opportunity to speak as well. So Syracuse won the game yesterday, 66-34, to and Elijah Hughes, Robert Braswell, Howard Washington Jr., and assistant coach Alan Griffin will all be on the show today giving their thoughts following that first game of the 2018-19 season. And in the second hour of the show, I will proudly be joined by Northeast reporter, journalist Ross Turetsky, who's one of my closest friends. We'll talk about the world of sports, life as we know it, and so much more starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. A little bit of basketball, baseball, football, a little bit of everything, a little bit of life, and uh, and some great messages and great things that always happen when we have the opportunity to be on the air together. So I cannot wait for that, and I look forward to it. With that being said, Wake Up Call with Dan Satora is now proudly here with you, and I appreciate you tuning in to the show this morning and uh, for all that you do. So, Syracuse commanded their opener. Brissett led the pack. You can read the story on wakeupcalldt.com by going to the Right Now page. That's wakeupcalldt.com. Click on Right Now. That is your article page. You can read articles for Syracuse Orange football, Syracuse Orange men's basketball, the ACC, the NCAA, the NFL, Jacksonville Jaguars, and so on and so forth. And to and, and you know, so let's get let's go through this game and let's go through what happened in this game. The Syracuse Orange began their for began Jim Beheim's 43rd campaign as the head coach of the team. 
with true freshman guard Buddy Bayheim in the starting lineup in his first ever opportunity for college basketball to play. Junior shooting guard Tyus Battle was in the starting lineup. Guard slash forward Elijah Hughes was in it for the first time ever. Sophomore forward O'Shea Brissett made his return as he was in the lineup last year as a true freshman, and now he is a sophomore on the team, and also back in the starting lineup with senior center Pascal Chuku. So, with that being said, it took Syracuse just 43 seconds into the season to get their first points. That was coming off of a layup by Tyus Battle. The Orange began the game against the visiting Eastern Washington Eagles 5 for 9, heading out to an early 11-5 advantage at the Dome last night. At the 10-19 mark of the first half, true freshman guard Jalen Carey checked in for for his first moment on the court as a collegiate basketball player. Five of the seven players that had gotten into the game at that mark had scored for the Orange with Buddy Beheim and forward center Barama Sidibe looking for their first points. Sophomore forward Marek Dolajai, and this is uh, an amazing story. Uh, Dolajai began his second season with offensive success, showing that his play that improved more and more at the end of last season only is continuing through this campaign. He made both of his first attempts, a jump shot in the lane, and then a shot from beyond the arc, which definitely is, is huge and can pay off dividends for the Syracuse Orange if he could continue to do things like that. Huge, huge, huge play for you know Syracuse and opportunities for Syracuse abound if Mark Dolajai can continue to have good offense and to make his jump shot. It, I mean, it's tremendous. He got better and better last year. He seemed to be less and less afraid to put himself out there last year and to take the shot and to take the opportunity. And then I see him in this game, his first chance at the second season, his first crack at it. And what does he do? He goes out there and hits a jumper in the lane and then hits a three. So, you know, that, that I mean, if Mark Dolajai, a forward on the team from overseas, can hit these jump shots, watch out everybody that plays Syracuse. And I'm telling you, just circle what, just circle this that I just said. Circle this as a little catalyst. Circle this as one of those pillars, those foundation. Just, just circle the fact that I said that. Carey's first points of his collegiate career came right in by the seven-minute mark of the first half when he grabbed the defensive rebound, and he literally he grabbed a long rebound, ball bounced back toward the top of the key. As soon as he caught it, he turned and charged up the field, pushed the ball up the court, kept the ball in his hands, attacked the rim, went right at the guy, and made a tough, tough contested layup. So Jalen Carey doing some nice things as well for this team, and you know just something really... Really great to see not only the fact that, you know, he was able to get in the game, but, you know, that he that he didn't waste any time and that he charged. That, you know, he, I shouldn't say charge because that's the wrong word because people have a different connotation of that in basketball. But he that he pushed the ball. As soon as he caught the ball on that rebound, he turned and was up the field up the court. If I said up the field, my bad, because I'm thinking football right now too. But he went right up the court and Pushing the ball is something that Syracuse has found a lot of success with. But in the here and now, I feel like, you know, that's not something that we've seen in a while is somebody who would push the ball the way he pushed the ball up the court. 
So circle Jalen Carey as well as a potential catalyst. Brissett would connect on back-to-back tries from the field when he stole the ball by his own basket, went underneath the rim, and pulled off the turnaround slam. He was dunking at home all throughout the game, followed by a three that gave him double figures. He had 10 points, O'Shea Brissett, with 4.20 left before the halftime break. Carey would steal the ball away from the Eagles. Brissett would feed Sidibe for his first field goal of the game when Sidibe dunked at home with 129 before half. At the end of the first half, Syracuse, Nine Syracuse players had seen action. Seven of them have scored, had scored. True freshman forward Robert Braswell checked in at the 114 mark and did not attempt a shot, while Bayheim was still looking for his first points, starting the game 0 for 5. The offense on the side of Eastern Washington was non-existent in the first half. They scored 10 points in 20 minutes, heading into the locker room, going 4 for 23 from the field, which is 17.4%. It was 28-10 Syracuse at the break in the game, the home and season opener against Eastern Washington. Bayheim achieved his first ever collegiate points at the 17:43 mark of the second half when Brissett stole the ball yet again, this time while in the full court press, and Brissett fed Bayheim underneath the basket, who made the layup and the free throw that went with it, giving the Orange a 37-13 lead. Shortly after, Battle would feed Brissett for the alley-oop dunk, and Hughes followed with a steal, contested lay-in, and make of the subsequent free throw to move Syracuse out to a 42-13 advantage. Brissett would then get his hands on an offensive rebound try that would end up in the hands of Chuku at the rim for two, and Brissett would follow with another steal and another uncontested slam because the man was bonkers on defense in this game at the 16:06 mark. With 15:42 left to play in the contest, Brissett had 16 points, and the entire Eastern Washington team had 13. I'm going to read that again as we go over the first game that Syracuse played in their 2018-19 men's basketball season. With 15.42 left to play in the game, O'Shea Brissett had 16 points, and the entire Eastern Washington team had 13. He had outscored the entire Eastern Washington team up into... The last 15 minutes and 42 seconds of the game. And a little bit beyond that as well. At the 12-11 mark of the second half, sophomore point guard Howard Washington Jr. came out onto the court for the first time since a knee injury and ACL injury shortened his 2017-18 campaign, missing the last 16 games of last season, including the team's run to the nation's Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament, which ended in Omaha, Nebraska. Every time I say it, I, like I said yesterday, I think of Peyton May. I feel like I can't say it without saying it. You know, just talking normally, missing the last 16 games of the season, which ended in Omaha, and then <laughs> Omaha. That's what you got to say. Nebraska versus the Duke Blue Devils. Washington's last time on the court was on the road against Pitt Panthers on January 27, 2018, when he scored four points, 10 minutes, adding three rebounds, two assists, and a steal for that game. Sidibe took care of the inside of a headsy play by Braswell, who drove and fed him at the rim, with Sidibe finishing to beat the shot clock. Less than two minutes later, Sidibe tipped the ball in after two tries, made it look easy. Jalen Carey tried to get the ball in, then he got his own rebound, tried again, and it came off the rim, and Barama Sidibe was right in front of the basket, and he literally just popped it up. He just, poop, just a little, just a little tip, just a little, here you go, Jalen, need a little bit of help? I got you. 60-24 to 24 lead at the time. To put the facts that Syracuse has a lot of offense coming from many different angles even more into perspective. Syracuse was ahead by 33 
64 to 31 with 326 to to play and battle had eight points to his name the last two coming off a one hand throw down in transition so Syracuse was ahead by 33 against Eastern Washington when Caius battle had eight points four in the first half four in the second half up 66 31 with 122 to play Bayheim put in four walk-ons to join Braswell on the court as senior guard Kai Feldman, senior forward Antonio Belandi, true freshman guard Brendan Paul, and who I had a great time with on my show, and I look forward to talking with him again, and senior guard Adrian Autry Jr. came into the contest. The game would end at 66-34 as the Orange begin their 2018-19 campaign, 2018-19 campaign 1-0. Brissett and Hughes ended the game each with three steals, and Brissett was just shy of a double-double with 20 points and eight rebounds. He was the lone Syracuse player to accumulate double figures in scoring in the game. So, big ups to O'Shea and to the Syracuse Orange who come out commanding, come out playing that zone, and come out putting some work in against... Now, granted, it was Eastern Washington, and they're supposed to win that game. But they did what they needed to do. They didn't play down to their competition. They didn't make a lot of big-time you know, jump shots, but they attacked the rim. They scored a lot of points off of steals and they were able to work the ball around and get a lot of people on the board. And every single true freshman got experience in this game. And Elijah Hughes got experience in this game. So every newbie face on Syracuse got experience in the game. Elijah Hughes got out there with three seasons left to play collegiately. True freshman Robert Braswell, Jalen Carey, and Buddy Bayheim all got out there. So, big play by Syracuse. And it just, I mean, it's it to me, that's an important piece of it. Like, my takeaways, that is one of my takeaways. And, and that's the fact that, you know, Syracuse, utilized their players. They put their guys out there. They saw what they had. They put Howard Washington. And by the way, you're going to hear from Jim Beheim on today's show as well. I asked him the first question of the entire 2018-19 season press conference wise. I asked him the first question of the season and it was about Jalen Carey. So you'll hear what he has to say in just a, just a few moments here. But I definitely and uh, greatly appreciate what, you know, what Jim Beheim decided to do because it can only help the team by getting those jitters out and getting those jitters out now and putting the team out there now. Now, granted, Buddy Buddy struggled from the field. You know, Buddy didn't have a great shooting day, and you know the th- there were not threes abound. But that's what I think that you'll like about this team. I think it's what I'll like about this team is the fact that they don't have to make threes. They don't have to rely on the perimeter game. They don't have to catch up, you know, necessarily with anybody, hopefully, if everything goes the right way and things point in the right direction. You know, that's how I look at it, is that, you know, if this is a team that doesn't have to lean on all of that, then good for Syracuse. Because why would you want to? Why would you want to have to lean on all of that? You know, you want to be able to beat people 17 different ways by Tuesday. And so, you know, find a way to beat them and then beat them. Do what you got to do and then do it. That's how I look at it. 
So, you know, I think that my takeaways that were important in this game are definitely that Robert Braswell got in the game. I, I'm not surprised about Elijah Hughes getting in because he, he had spent last year with the team, but you know, that Robert Braswell, Buddy Bayheim, and Jalen Carey all got action, that Jalen Carey was coming off of injury, and that he got out there, that Howard Washington Jr. was coming off of injury, and that he got out there. So, you know, those those were big takeaways. Also, the fact that Syracuse's full-court press they can use because they got bodies now, and that O'Shea Brissett at the top of that full-court press was tremendous. And if he could continue that and build off of that and build his confidence against the teams that they're quote-unquote supposed to beat, that they could become really dangerous against teams like Duke and North Carolina and so on and so forth. So I think that, you know, coming off of this game, the press looked good. Coming off of this game, Jalen Carey pushes the ball, and that looked good, and it's something that Syracuse needs. Marek Dolajai can hit jump shots, and he's continuing his offensive positive play from last season. So that looked good as well. And now the team, you know, is getting set to obviously continue on this season. And their next game is going to be at home inside of the Carrier Dome. And on wakeupcalldt.com, you can go to the Cuse tab and you can click on Syracuse Basketball and check this out as well. And you can see the last seven seasons, how Syracuse finished everything. You can also see the roster. You can see the schedule. And you can see the fact that this is the 2K Classic. And the 2K Classic will continue against Moorhead State this Saturday, November 10th inside of the Carrier Dome, and then they will head to Madison Square Garden for two games, one on Thursday, November 15th, one on Friday, November 16th, as they move forward. Speaking on the Syracuse Orange here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. So some positive play by Syracuse. Good to see everybody out there. Good to see double-digit bodies out there on the floor, and obviously you hope to get Frank back soon. As Jim Beheim said, it's like the New Orleans Saints playing without a quarterback. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. When I come back to continue the first hour of the broadcast this morning, you will hear Jim Beheim's response to my question inside of the post-game press conference. You will also hear from Robert Braswell, assistant coach Alan Griffin, Howard Washington Jr., and Elijah Hughes in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so. I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that 
what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice when buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on the broadcast. I appreciate you tuning in, appreciate you being a part of the show, and I thank you for being on the broadcast. We've got some amazing things coming up this week, as we always do every single week. We have Ross Turetsky coming up with me on the broadcast in uh, just a little bit here in less than a half an hour. My good buddy Ross Turetsky, who is also a broadcaster in, or pardon me, well, yeah, he does broadcast. He he does broadcast and he works for the Times Leader in Northeast Pennsylvania. He is a sports writer, a, a journalist of Northeast Pennsylvania, and one of my closest friends and, and one of the minds when it comes to to the world of sports that I really appreciate and welcome and thank. We always have funny conversations on the show because you know it's so much more than just your typical sports show. So it's always an honor and a privilege for me to be joined by Ross Turetsky and he'll be joining me in less than a half an hour, but not before you hear from the Syracuse Orange here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR dot com backslash a wake up call dt so it is that time to hear from those that i got to speak with right after the game and i want to start it off with my uh, q a to jim Beheim. it's very short it's very quick 
but I had the opportunity of, of asking. He was, he was a man of very few words at this press conference. Uh, very few kind of quick answers, just kind of thoughts and then moving forward. So he didn't say too much, but he spoke, obviously, after the game. And my Q&A with Jim Beheim is going to be the first thing that you listen into this morning. And like I said, uh, man, a, man a few words after this game, which, you know, sometimes happens. And, you know, this is one of those games that they're expected to win. But obviously, Jim wants to see a lot more out of this team. And that's the thing is when your team wins, you know, you, you can obviously be happy and be excited. But, you know, if you want, there, there's the balance of appreciating what's going on and then wanting to see your team improve. Appreciating that your team won the game but wanting them to know that they have no ceiling, that they should continue to go. And, and that's how I live my life. I love everything. And, you know, I, I do my best to go out here and, and bring it every single show and every single event and, and every single article and video and, and everything I do with the companies that I work with. And then, you know, ultimately, I want to be better the next moment. I want to be able to continue to bring it and bring it well. So with that being said, here is Jim Beheim on his thoughts on Jalen Carey after the game. It's, it's, it's rough. You know, he's, it's hard when you don't play. But he did, he did, some, did some good things. But it's, it's difficult when you haven't been playing. It's going to take him some time, hopefully, get him some more days practices in. That coming once again from Jim Beheim, head coach of the Syracuse Orange, in season number 43 with the Syracuse Orange in Sane, Jim Beheim in his 43rd season with the Syracuse Orange, and tremendous. One of his former players who became a grad assistant, who went and became an assistant coach and went up against them when they were in Dayton, a coach that helped to bring a victory to Dayton when he played up against Syracuse, and that is Alan Griffin. Alan Griffin and I had an opportunity to speak after game one, and I asked him about, you know, not having Frank Howard out there and what Jim Beheim had to say just a few minutes before we went into the locker room, which was, you know, we're like New or- the New Orleans Saints if they didn't have their quarterback. And I asked Alan Griffin about that, and this is what he had to say. Oh, we, we definitely miss Frank every time we go out there, even in practice, because, you, know, you know, when he's out there, he's, he can read certain things, you know, without coach even having to say something to him. So we definitely miss Frank, but I think the, t- the team is getting better. We just got to just keep, keep playing, keep playing. We'll be all right. Barama doing what he was able to do in the second half. Uh, when Braswell fed him the ball, he was able to beat the shot clock, and then he tipped it in after Jalen Carey had tried a couple. Just what you thought about his play around the rim? He was good. I mean, it could be better. Uh, he had a lot going. He, got, he can be a lot, a lot better. He just got to take his time in there and, and, and finish around the rim. Howard Washington, January 27, 2018, was the last game he played in at Pittsburgh. Missed the last 16, and after the ACL and everything, was able to get back out there. Just what that says about his work ethic and determination. Oh, I was happy for Howard. Uh, he worked extremely hard this summer leading into this fall, and actually this fall he's been working his tail off. Uh, to get back to where he is right now, I was really happy for him. I think we all are happy for him. Jalen Carey also had the opportunity to get out there after not playing in the exhibition games. Just what you thought about his play and his ability to not only grab rebounds but to push the ball up the floor. Yeah, I mean, we need Jalen to get out there and get some experience. This is his first real game in a dome. 
It was our first um, our home opener, and you know what? He got to adjust. He got to make some adjustments. But again, uh, his first game, and he uh, he played well. You know, we just got to kind of get him in the fold, get him playing every day in practice with our guys, and him getting used to you know the speed and everything like that. So it was it was a good first game. Even though you don't have Frank Howard, how different is this for you as an assistant on the team, knowing that there is that carousel? If somebody messes up, they can come right out. Somebody needs a break, they can come out. Yeah, it's next man up, you know, uh, and that's why you have the depth that we have and the talent, you know, that we we brought here, you know. So again, um, you know, with Frank being out, it gives another person another opp- some opportunity to go out there and play and and gain some experience. That coming once again from Alan Griffin, assistant coach of the Syracuse Orange in his second season with the Syracuse Orange as an assistant coach after Mike Hopkins left and went to lead the Washington Huskies, who is currently in his second season there and was voted Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Big up and a big congratulation, as always, to the man who deserves only the best, and I believe the same for, for Alan Griffin, and that is Mike Hopkins. Coming up next is Elijah Hughes had an opportunity to get into a game for his first ever collegiate game that counted after waiting a season, like I said, on the bench, as you have to do when you transfer. And this is what Elijah Hughes had to say about a game that counts, getting out there and getting some action. Uh, you know, it felt good to just get up and down, you know, knowing that it's for real this time, so it just felt good. Three steals for you, three steals for O'Shea. Just what you could say about the importance of that this season and making sure that this defense keeps moving forward and building off of last year. I mean, when I'm not, when I'm not doing my thing offensively, I try to do other things like defend, you know, grab rebounds. So that's really what I try to do. And I feel like I did a, a pretty good job today. O'Shea was able to get 20 points in the game. At one point, he had outscored the entire Eastern Washington right. team. Just what you thought about his play out there? Well, you know, he's, he's getting better every day. You know, he works hard. You know, he's, he's just... He's just getting better, you know. He work, he really works hard. He really puts his mind to it, and it's it's showing. You don't have Frank out there. Uh, Coach Beheim talked about it's like if the Saints didn't have their quarterback. Yeah. How has practice been and playing in this game without Frank? Uh, we're just trying to, you know, just adjust. You know, teams you go through adversity, you go through things like this. You try to adjust. You know, you gotta try to find a way to just fight through it. And then when he gets back, you know, we're gonna be at full force. What did you think about uh, Jalen Carey's first time out there? He had an opportunity to get out, do some things, push the ball forward, grab some rebounds, obviously score. Just what you took away from him? Right, you know, he's an explosive guy. You know, he got out there and he just showed. He, I mean, freshman mistakes, a little here and there, but that happens. It's fine. He's going to be better. He, he knows he has to be better. So, and I thought he did really well today, though. I, mean, I thought he did really well. Braswell, uh, Beheim, and Carey obviously came in this season. This is your first experience on the court, but you were here last year. Mm-hmm. What were your biggest takeaways, kind of hindsight being 2020, of being with this team last year? What are some of those things that are kind of in the back of your mind? I'm just trying to be, you know, as the best on defense as possible, you know, with my strength and my athleticism. I feel like playing both top and the bottom of the zone, just trying to, you know, just figure the zone out really is my biggest thing. Where can this team improve? You know, I know it's one game, but what are you seeing in practice? The things that that people on the outside looking in, the fans aren't seeing. What are some of those things that you want to kind of get back in the lab with? Um, we got to just pick our spots better on offense. You know, we got to move a little bit more. Uh, we all got to hit the offensive board. So just little things that, you know, just could impact the game. And then lastly, for Pascal as well as Barama, is there an emphasis on making sure that you find them inside? I mean, is this team kind of looking to get that ball in the interior and give them opportunities maybe more so than last year? Well, they work hard for the ball. They deserve the ball. Um, they defend. So they, they should get a touch every now and then. And uh, when they're open, we're going to try to get it to them. 
that once again Elijah Hughes of the Syracuse Orange in his first game, first action of his time at Syracuse. Spent a season with East Carolina, transferred over, was with the team last year, could practice with the team last year, condition and get to know the team, and obviously build relationships with the team. But this is the first time that he could get out on the floor and do his thing. And so a big ups to Elijah Hughes. As I mentioned, he had three steals in the game to lead the team with O'Shea Brissett as, as Elijah Hughes looks to help out Syracuse and bring a lot to the orange, uh, bring bring multi-dimensional game to the orange, and I think you know inside outside. I think there's some good things we're going to see from Elijah, another potential catalyst of the team. Howard Washington Jr. is up next, and he is back for the first time ever since January 27, 2018, at Pittsburgh. That was the last game he played before an ACL injury sidelined him, and in the first game of the season, he found a way to get out there, and I think it was it was a pleasant surprise for all. Syracuse supporters, obviously Howard Washington Jr.'s family, and for Howard Washington Jr. So what do you had to say about coming back? Uh, I mean, it was great. It was a great feeling tonight. Um, like I said, I practiced the last two practices we had before this. Full, full go, full contact, full everything. Um, so, so right now, I feel, you know, I feel probably about 80 percent right now. Um, you know, I feel confident and strong enough to be out there, be playing, and do what I got to do, give what I can give. Um, no, I feel I feel really good right now. When you say 80 percent, where's the rest of that 20? What are you thinking about? In this um, I think just like my explosion. You know, at the end of last year, or before I got hurt, you know, I was getting getting up, finishing at the rim, uh, whatever it may be. So just that last little explosion and, and quickness and quick twitch muscle at the end is just that last little bit that I need to get back. Not having Frank out there, Coach Beheim said it was like not having a quarterback if, you're the, if you were the New Orleans Saints. Just what you can say about you know not having Frank and knowing that you have to step up Jalen and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, well, the point guard is the head of the Saints. You know, um, we, whatever, however the point guard plays, we, you know, we run the tempo, we run the offense, we run what our team does. Um, so yeah, so playing without a point guard is, is tough. Uh, I know Tyus has been struggling a little bit and I think fall to that you know he's he's not a point guard he's a scorer a great scorer a great two guard great shooting guard um so when he's thrown into that role it kind of messes up our offense he's been you know three four five years now he's just been you know scored a basketball so it's kind of tough you know me Jalen we're back out there tonight and Frank will be out there soon I think we'll be much smoother much better well-rounded team lastly for me O'Shea Brissett obviously you know him very well just what you could say about his explosiveness and what he was able to do in this game uh I mean played great um I see him grow over the summer you know, strength-wise, you know, basketball IQ-wise, game-wise, shot-wise, you know, works every day. Me and him, weight room, shots, whatever it may be, we work every day, and it's no surprise to me. That coming again from Howard Washington Jr. back on the court for the first time since January 27, 2018. Couldn't be happier, couldn't be prouder. Really great guy, and I had the opportunity to speak with him coming into Syracuse and obviously ever since he got there. So all the guys, you know, been good to me. And Howard Washington Jr., you know, it just it goes beyond basketball when I see this man come back out onto the court. And he has an opportunity right now with Frank Howard injured to show what he could do, to to show the worth, to show, you know, what he could be for this team. And I really hope that he does, and I really hope that they see it and they appreciate it, and I hope that he carves out a spot for himself on this team. I really, really do because uh, that would be a great, great thing to see. So 
a big ups to Howard Washington, and welcome back, my good sir. Coming up next is Robert Braswell. First game ever for him as a true freshman, and offensively didn't do a lot. Offensively, you know, not really looking for his shot, but in the second half was able to feed Jalen Carey for a three and able to feed Barama Sidibe as he went down the baseline and sent the ball inside to beat the shot clock, and obviously Barama Sidibe was able to capitalize and finish on that. So just what Robert Braswell could say about getting his first action in. Uh, I'm excited. That was the first game. You know, I wish I could have played a little bit better, but, you know, we won. That's the most important thing. You being new to the team, and obviously Buddy Bayheim and Jalen Carey, what did you take away from Jalen Carey's play and what he was able to do getting rebounds and obviously moving the ball up the court quickly and scoring? Jalen is a very tough player. Like, he, he goes hard all the time. You know, his, when you look when you watch him play, it just kind of like makes you tell yourself, like, like, you want to play that hard all the time like that. You were able to work the ball inside and find Barama to beat the shot clock in the second half. Just what you could say about that play, and, and even if your shot's not falling or if you're not taking the shots, to make sure you feed them into somebody to make a play. Um, that's that's just what it's all about. If you know, if your shot's not falling, you got you got to help other people score. Not having Frank Howard out there, Jim Beheim said it was like the New Orleans Saints not having their quarterback. <laughs> what can you say about not having Frank, you know, obviously there in practice and in the game? What's that been like for the team? Uh, I know I'm not very familiar with Frank on the court because, you know, I haven't had a chance to play with him. But yeah. I can tell from practice and off the court he's a leader, and that's what this team team has leaders, but we can use more of them. Seeing that you got out there, Buddy got out there, Jalen got out there, and Elijah in his first action got out there as well. Just what it says about this team and the depth of the team that you guys can have that rotation and you can come in here as a true freshman and play right away. Uh, it's amazing to you know have a team like this. Like this not this is not you know normal. Like I can say because not every team has you know nine players that they can play. What can you take away from a game like this where you win by? You know, obviously 30 plus. What's what's the takeaway from something like that? Um, it shows, shows how good we can be. Also shows that you know, even though we won by a lot, you know, we still have stuff to work on. And being and being a forward on the team, Marek Dolajai. I know you weren't on the team last year, but his offense got better and better as the season progressed and into the NCAA tournament. He made a couple jumper jumpers early on in this game. Just what you've taken away from him? Has he kind of taught you anything in practice or done anything special for you? Uh, when we work out together with Red, I learn I learn things from him. You know, he's kind of you know we kind of have the same body type, so he's a good player for me to look up to. He's very he worries about the next play he doesn't you know when he misses something he doesn't hold his head down with his shot and his improvement of his shot during last season and going into this season do you go to him for maybe some advice on on having those mechanics and finding that that shot that you can feel comfortable with honestly i don't really ask for too much hope but Marek, he does it without me asking so where in your game, when you go into practice and you go back into the lab, what are some of those things that you want to key on, some of those things that you want to work on now that you have a game that you got to feel what it was like to play against another team and have a count? I would say running the floor and rebounding and shooting, shooting the ball and I have a good shot and not worrying about you know missing. 
That coming once again from Robert Braswell of the Syracuse Orange. Robert Braswell getting his first action in college basketball in his first ever opportunity to get action. Same thing for Jalen Carey and same thing for Buddy Bayheim, who is in the starting lineup for the Syracuse Orange. And Buddy Bayheim struggling in his first game to find his shot. And Syracuse struggled in general. In, uh, in finding their shot in this game, but we're able to you know steal the ball and create opportunities underneath the basket. And if this team can play hard underneath the basket, there's something to be said about that. Now, the game itself, just to take a look by the numbers, as I said, uh, O'Shea Brissett was the only one in double figures for Syracuse. He had 20 in 29 minutes. Elijah Hughes had seven on two for eight shooting. He had seven rebounds as well, one assist, three steals, and no turnovers. So 7.7 rebounds, one assist, three steals, no turnovers. The only thing he had to work on is obviously four personal fouls, one away from getting bumped from the game. Pascal Chuku had six rebounds and six points. Positive play from him, the center inside. Buddy went one for 11 from the field, did not hit a three, went 0 for 5, had three points in the game on that three-point play that I had mentioned earlier. And Tyus Battle only had to score eight in 29 minutes. He went three for 10 from the field, only attempted one three, and Syracuse wins the game by 32 points. Off the bench, Braswell only attempted one shot in 11 minutes, but he pulled down four rebounds, had two assists, but he did turn the ball over three times. Got to get stronger holding on to that ball. Marek Dolajai, seven points in 18 minutes in the game. Three rebounds, a steal, a block, and no turnovers. Barama Sidibe had eight points in 14 minutes and three of five shooting from the field. He had two rebounds in the game, two blocks, one turnover, and one assist. So some pretty good numbers for Barama. And then Jalen Carey had seven points in 18 minutes, two of six from the field, made the only three he took. He had six rebounds, two on offense, four on defense, an assist, a steal, but he had two turnovers in the game. And then, like I said, Howard Washington got in. He was in the game for seven minutes. He had three rebounds all on defense, did not attempt a shot in the game. He told me going into the season, and if you want to listen to that season preview, you could go to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. You can also go to wakeupcalldt.com and click on the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, the Podbean podcast, or TuneIn Radio, and you can check out everything that, uh, that is there for you on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, which includes, obviously, the opportunity for you to hear from a bunch of different players and to hear what's going on in you know, in, in the in the grand scheme of things for Syracuse and thoughts by the team going into the season. He spoke with many different voices, including Jim Beheim going into the season, and we'll continue to speak with them, as always, and, of course, throughout the season here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, which I'm very excited and very honored about and uh, very appreciative for the opportunity to do so. So make sure that you continue to follow on, but definitely check out that preview. It's 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 on Wake Up Call uh, for Twitter and Facebook as well. I just rebroadcasted it and gave you an opportunity to get a, like a, a quick link to it. So if you're on at, at Wake Up Call DT on Facebook or at Call DT on Twitter, you can also pull them from there and you can listen in to that going into the season preview where I spoke with Howard Washington Jr. kind of about you know what he wants to be and what his thoughts are on this upcoming 
season and wanting to be a guy who delivers and doesn't necessarily need to score the ball his own, but essentially wants to help other people find their shot and be able to do what they need to do. So to be a true point guard and a point guard first, and you can hear that conversation, like I said, coming from myself and Howard Washington Jr. and so much more. So don't miss out on the opportunity to check that out here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, where you can click on the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, the Podbean podcast, TuneIn Radio, and get the show there as well as so many shows. And on Podbean directly, you can go to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com and get over 1,000 broadcasts of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora all in one place. So make sure you check it out there today. So with that being said, we're going to take a step aside here in just a moment to get Ross on the broadcast. (coughs) Pardon me. Ross and I could talk about literally anything, and we probably will. And it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm very excited about this and the opportunity to, to share some time here with Ross on the show, Ross Turetsky, uh, one of my closest friends and somebody who is doing in you know uh, an amazing, amazing job at everything that he does at uh, being a, a journalist, a reporter, a broadcaster, and and more so than anything, a great husband and a great father. So he will be on the show in just a little bit here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satori in actually just a few moments. We're going to take a step aside for a fast break, get Ross ready for the show, and we will come back with Ross Turetsky in the second hour of the broadcast. And as I said, as always, I never know what's going to happen. I just always know we're going to have a a heck of a lot of fun. So that's coming up in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. 
True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I'm happy to be here with you on the broadcast every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here where the beauty of everything that we have, I mean, I I love this. I, I truly love it. I love what I do. I love the opportunities that I get. So this is the beauty of live radio. It's the beauty of living your dreams. It's the beauty of having fun. It's the beauty of when the world says, you know, when the world stands before you and says, your morals and your values have to change. You cannot make it this way. You cannot pass go. You cannot get this far. It is your opportunity that you take to tell the world, I am not going to move. You move. And that is what I love every day, is that I know inside my heart of hearts and inside of my mind and every fiber of my being that when I'm fighting for something that I love and I'm fighting for something that I believe in and I'm passionate about and that matters to me, I will not leave that field, that court, that turf, that floor, that battlefield until I know that I have won and won it for those that matter. So with that being said, I'm excited to have somebody who is also fighting the good fight and doing amazing things in the community of the world in general. And that is my buddy, Ross Turetsky, who is a journalist. You can find him with the Times leader in Northeast PA, journalist, sports writer, sports broadcaster, somebody who is a great mind in the world of sports, but more importantly, is one of my closest friends who always keeps me with my head of my head above water and uh, keeps me going after the things that matter most. So with that being said, I can't thank him enough for being the great friend that he is and the family member that he is, Mr. Ross Turetsky. How are we doing today, buddy? Very good, buddy. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to be able to talk with you and be able to catch up. You're one of my best buddies, and uh, I love you, and I'm not afraid to say it. Just like the I love you, man, movie, I'm uh, macho enough to say I love you, man, and uh, I hope everyone went out and voted. Hopefully, whether it's Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever the heck you want to be, you voted, let your voice be heard, so this way you can complain if things go bad. Because I think if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. And then uh, sports, it's a fun distraction. I know Syracuse basketball started up last night. You had Duke uh, destroy John Calipari, Kentucky, which I know for all the Calipari haters, uh, they probably enjoyed watching him look dazed and confused out there. And college basketball's back. Your Syracuse Orange football uh, is doing great, 7-2. and two. Pay Dino Babers before he wants to leave. You better pay him up. Uh, and then, of course, NFL is way, well uh, underway, and it's a lot of great stuff. And NFL trading deadline's over, but we'll let him Bell come back. Who knows? Baseball offseason starting. Will Bryce Harper make $400 million? A lot of great stuff going on. LeBron and the Lakers struggling. Who knows what will happen? Basketball, hockey, it's all going on. Uh, baseball, football, and it never ends. And I love all the sports world. And uh, and then I haven't got a chance to talk to you yet about have you finally saw the, the final Rick Grimes episode. So hopefully uh, even for all the Walking Dead fans out there, I know that's for quite a different show you have, uh, how, how you thought about that. But And then as I to- joked to you yesterday, I hope that uh, 
Mr. Kim Jong-un and President Trump will make an appearance on the show as well today. Oh, you asked for many things, but we see what happens. So, and, and the funny thing is, they weren't on the show during election day. They did not try to to rig, contrary to public belief, they didn't try to rig or change anything about the election. So, you know, they, they were actually very quiet on yesterday's show. What do you mean by quiet? You mean like dirty bomb, but like a little bit clean? No, so, so, but the great thing about this is he did. He stayed off... Uh, you know, well, actually, I mean, I, I say that he stayed off the broadcast, but there's something that tells me that before we get started by some, you know, I just, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I got this feeling. I just have this vibe that he's going to find his way onto the show before we even get started today. I have, I just have that sense. Hello, everybody. You thought I was gone, but I'm not gone, okay? You thought that I wasn't going to be... What did I tell you, okay? Even though I didn't run in the election yesterday, I was running because I got up at 4 a.m., had a power bar, and I ran around the White House, and I was better than Captain America. I actually saw my good buddy Chris Evans, and I, and I ran by him, and I said, on your left, because, you know, I had to remind him who the real Captain America Boy, is. Boy, don't, don't kid yourself. You didn't go for a run or any of that, Mr. Captain America. Well, you know what you do. You eat a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken, a whole bunch of Taco Bell, you tweet, uh, watch Fox News, and you wake up and uh, you you wake up early because suppose you only have three hours of sleep, but you don't even get out of bed till about eleven a.m. You watch TV, you tweet from the bathroom when you're doing your business, and uh, and and you eat a lot of junk food. So basically, you have the lifestyle of a crazy college student who's in a dorm room and goes out in furry slippers and pajamas. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but I just want to say something, Ross, if we're going to continue this conversation. On your left. On your left. Once again, I just ran by you twice in the sen- that's I ran by you like I ran by everybody that went against me. Puny puny Marco Rubio. What does that even mean? Like the mark of the of the red diamond. What are you a little beautiful? I mean Marco and you know Jebediah Bush. You Your know Yeah, you know, we weren't friends, and then he realized that if we were friends, then I wouldn't still like him, but then he would have a shot to win. So I'm going to take credit for him winning yesterday as well. Thank you. But what about the people who didn't win? You're not going to take credit for them, I would imagine. They're, you know, they're all horrible people, and they didn't understand what I was trying to say. Okay. Is it fake news? It's it's not real. The voting is not in yet. I haven't seen it. I haven't known it. By the way, I'm going to make an official day. It's going to be called the Wake Up Call with Dan Tortura Day. And it's going to be every day that I come on the show because I'm the greatest and I make it better. And it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I guess so. In your mind, probably election day is not till next Tuesday. Is that what you're thinking? All I have to say to you, Ross, is see you next Tuesday. Thank you. (laughs) 
I hope all your supporters come out and vote next Tuesday. <laughs> I'll be getting up. I'll be there. I'll be watching and waiting. By the way, I am winning a lot of races right now. I'm beating Colin Kaepernick and Nike at the moment. What are they running in? I don't know what a campaign they're running. Besides the making good money and selling Nike sneakers. Well, you know, it's just, it's one of those mental things. You wouldn't get it. A lot of people don't get my mentality and where I come from, you know. I'm from a very, very educated, sophisticated... Well, you say you have a very good brain. You have one of the best brains in the history of the world. You've said that a few times. Yeah, I've also said something that was never quoted, and that is that I have the brain of Stephen King, but crazier, and I think that that's a really important thing to note. Okay, thank you. <laughs> very, impressive. very impressive. As uh, Wayne's World would say, Garth and Wayne would say, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. I bow down to you, Mr. President. So I have to go, but I just want to come back here and say, Dan, my buddy, my, my, uh, I love Dan Tortora. Just love it, Tortora. Tortora, you know, that's, when I run in 2020, Dan, think about this, okay? I, I, you know, just, just wonder, let it, let it marinate, just think, okay? If you come to a rally, instead of we will, we will rock you, it's listen to, listen to, wake up call, Tortora, Tortora. So I'm just, I'm just saying we're going to help you out, we're going to make it great, and Dan, you know, I know you, I know you went through losing your voice a little bit. And you and you you push through it. You did what you had to do because you're a champion. I know you're going through some stuff in life, and just know that you're going to work out. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be absolutely positively great. And by the way, I saw the picture of your dog for Halloween. She was an angel, and that was truly the greatest thing ever. So good for you. One hours. Thank you, Mister. Pr- I mean, that was. That was all positive. So you're telling me to continue to fight and that I, that, you know, you listen and, and you're happy that I fought through kind of losing my voice a little bit and said some nice things about my dad. You know, every once in a while I could say something about, about, you know, a female dog. Okay. We're not, we're not going to go, we're not going to go any farther than that. You're going to get yourself in trouble, Mr. President. You, you said a few questionable things about women. You probably should not say that stuff in this climate. Oh, and by the way, Dan, because I appreciate you, I will not mention KFC is the greatest. I And I do know that KFC in, in Cicero, New York, is right next to Chick-fil-A, and I know you like the Chick-fil-A, so I'll give Chick-fil-A some love and some credence. And just like Chick-fil-A, I do not ever work on Sundays. Thank you. <laughs> Are you worshiping the Lord, Lord that day? Or are you watching football? What do you do on a Sunday? I'm actually getting a mani pedi and uh, <laughs> enjoying my life eating some uh, chicken. Does, that Mike, I, does Mike Pence give you that? Does he uh, work on your nails, your your toenails, and your, and your fingernails? Does he work with you on that? No, Mike Pence doesn't ever come with me to that. It's actually something that I like to do with Alec Baldwin. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Mr. President, well, I, we got to get to some sports. So, okay, Dan, thank you. Play me out. Give me what Papa needs. All right, well, you know, we'll do what we can over here. Thank you, Mr. President, for being on the show. Make sure you go out and vote every day in the election. I run every freaking day. Thank you. Send me a red hat in the mail, Mr. President. <laughs> I know you have a whole bunch. All right, well, you know. 
He he did take yesterday off, Ross. He didn't come on the show yesterday. I was surprised. I was. I was surprised. I thought he would stump for the uh, get that get out the vote. I'm surprised he didn't show up. But yesterday after, better late than never. Yeah, you know, but but he's here, so kind of interesting that he decided to uh, to come on to the show. He he loves coming on when you're on the show. There must be something that you do, maybe a fragrance that you wear that he can smell through the phone. I don't know what it is, but he seems to like you being on the broadcast. I guess he likes it. I, I self-proclaim myself uh, Rocky's the Italian Stallion. I tell my wife I'm Drew Giver. I, uh, I know how to get in and out of tight spots like MacGyver, and I'm a Jewish man, so of course Drew Giver's in the house, so I guess he's attracted to Drew Giver. He can't get enough of it. Speaking here with Ross Tretzky, my good friend and local journalist and uh, writer of the Times Leader in Northeast Pennsylvania, just a couple hours south of Syracuse, New York. And uh, Ross, I wanted to get in something with you, and um, and that is uh, something that you know goes above and beyond. I said on today's show we'd speak on the sports world and then the world in general. Uh, the anti-Semitism, I would think, sh- well. Let me preface. Anti-Semitism or anti-any, you know, religion that is about bringing people... Anything that's positive and good that brings people together in a community, in my opinion, should not be should not be stricken down and should not be hated on. I don't think that hate is something that should exist in our universe. I think only love should. And the Pittsburgh shooter made a statement that he didn't hate religion. He just hated Jews. And anti-Semitism is something that is still alive in our world. I would think that after Hitler was involved in the quote-unquote killing, well, what people call, and I think it's a horrible, terrible word, word, and I and please nobody take any offense to this, but the extermination, the attempted extermination of the Jewish race, treating all Jews as if they were bugs that he wanted off of the planet, six million Jews killed in the Holocaust at least, and many families are not here today. And that happened such a long time ago, and here we are today in, you know, uh, not not that far removed from a shooting in a synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where someone who just hated Jewish people decided to show the world how much. Bring me into your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, and the fact that you are a proud Jewish person in this world and somebody who I'm sure can't really make a, a whole lot of sense out of this thing. Yeah, I guess the biggest thing is <clears throat> when I first heard about it, I just was angry because uh, it hits too close to home. A couple years ago, it was really horrendous when there was a white uh, racist young man who went to an all-black church and killed a whole bunch of innocent people and it was a, a straight-up hate crime. You know, to me, that's domestic terrorism, what you do when you go in there. You know, he's not Middle Eastern, which a lot of people just make that stereotype, but you could be an American uh, domestic terrorist, you know, the KKK has been doing that for years and years. He murdered all these innocent people. And in many respects, this is similar to that. You kill people and you hate people for no reason just because you think they're beneath you, that you don't think they belong. So as bad as that that was, it truly then affects you when it hits close to home when you grew up, going to synagogue, at times being dragged to go, you know, and a lot of people say they get dragged to church, get dragged to temple for Jewish people like myself. And I didn't always want to go, but I, I always felt safe there. I always thought the most I was going to get is be bored out of my mind by not an interested service when I wanted to play video games or watch cartoons. But when you don't even feel safe in a place of worship, when you, you've taken that for granted for years, a lot of people took for granted you can enjoy going to the movies, going to school, uh, go out to a mall, go to a church or synagogue, and not feel in danger. 
now there's truly no place to feel 100% safe, besides maybe just stay at home all day, which is not possible unless you're total shut-in. So what happens to me is it angered me that this guy would come in with so much hate, and he just walks right in, and the only reason why he's going to kill these people is because they're Jewish, and he thinks they don't belong, and... Uh, I, but just like in World War Two with uh, with Hitler, he uses Jewish people as scapegoats. All the bad things in his life and around the world, he thinks that because of things he maybe saw on TV or on the internet, internet and because of his warped mind, he thinks it's all the Jewish people's fault. Absolutely. And to me, it's so, it, it's so disgusting to bl- blame and scapegoat people just because maybe your life is not great. And for him to go out there and do that, these were innocent people, 11 people he murdered. It, it disgusted me, and at times you feel hopeless because you're like, when is this going to stop? The senseless sh- shootings, whether it be at school, a church, a synagogue, movie theater, when will this stop? And it doesn't seem to ever stop. And the only thing I got to keep remind myself is you got to keep the hope alive because eventually, you know, you, you see these slogans that are inspiring that people come together in these tragedies. You hope they come together when there's not a tragedy where they say our love. And let's unite is stronger than hate. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers is happening in the city of Pittsburgh. They wore uh, a Steeler logo where the yellow part was the Star David, the Jewish Star David. And they've raised a lot of money, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Pittsburgh Steelers, for raising uh, money uh, for these families who, uh, you know, have to deal with these horrible tragedies and to fight anti-Semitism. It's horrible that in 2018 we're still dealing with this. This is the World War II ended in 1945, uh, you know, 73 years ago. And we're still dealing with this nonsense. So it's disgusts me that this is still going on. But I'm hoping that humanity in the end will overcome all this. And, you know, that's, you know, people have tried to kill Jews for years and years. And we keep coming back for more and more. And even though we've, we've suffered throughout the years, in the end, I believe that our, our people are strong enough that we will be able to overcome anything. But it definitely, it, it really hit close to home. And then I feel like as a, as a, a young parent, as a small child, if I brought them to a synagogue, I can only imagine, you know, I would be like, I'm taking you to this and I want to expose you to my faith and have a nice a magical moment with my child. And I can't believe that I've brought in a child into a world where I can't guarantee their safety. And that scares the hell out of me because when eventually she's going to go to school, eventually she's going to go to movies and malls with her friends. Eventually she might want to go to a church or a synagogue because we're, we're mixed in our family. We're, we're half Christian, half Jewish. And I can't guarantee her safety, and that scares the hell out of me. And I just want to protect her at all times, but I know I can't put her in a bubble because that's not practical either. So if anything, it, it's just terrifying what the world has become with all the violence, all the gun violence, all the nonsense violence and uh, terrorism, whether it be abroad in other countries or domestic terrorism. And it's disgusting, this hate. And I'm just hoping that we can overcome it. Uh, like I said, one of the few positive signs is that different people from all across the country have stayed together and said Pittsburgh strong have come together in this time of tragedy. But I hope we could unite. There's so many differences in hatefulness when it's beyond this. I hope that even in a, when there isn't a tragedy, people can stay together and not be so disgusting and divisive uh, like you see a lot of times in politics and all that stuff. So if anything, it just kind of hit too close to home. It really angered me. I had to calm down before because I was getting emotional and it really annoyed me. Uh, but I'm hoping we could somehow overcome it. And it's at least I've enjoyed seeing the tributes of people coming together during this time of tragedy. But it scares me that I can't guarantee the safety of my uh, my young child and it's a scary world we live in that's kind of what what has gone through my mind during this uh this time and i just hope it doesn't happen again but i'm afraid that you know most likely will unfortunately
That coming from Ross Tretzky, uh, one of my closest friends, uh, a proud Jewish person in this world, and, and somebody who has you know not hidden that from me or from anybody. Uh, from the day I met him, I knew that back in 2008, and you know just uh, just sad and 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 sad state of the world that we are where we're at right now. A lot of if, if you saw a lot of people who got killed, a lot of them were like 80, almost 90 years old, Jewish people who were longtime members of their community, and they just went there to pray and worship, and the next thing you know, their lives have been taken from them. There was even, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have done a lot of tributes, because it's in Pittsburgh, but also one of their four employees had two brothers who got gunned down in the shooting, and they, they wouldn't hurt a fly, these people, so no one, you know, they weren't dangerous to anyone, but this guy, his hatred and bigotry, decided that he needed to hurt them, and I, it disgusts me, and I don't know what what to think about when it comes to a situation like that. But I know it hit too close to home when I grew up going to synagogue a lot uh, as a kid, and it, it was it's too scary when it when it when it hits you too close to home. When it could have been it could have been me as a kid going there, or me as an adult going there, and I you know I you know, I don't want to even fathom what would happen you know if I bring my small child, and I can't guarantee their safety. No, and I and I definitely uh, agree. You know, I, <clears throat> I agree with that. That you know, this is not an easy road, and it's not an easy road for anybody. And the conversation that, that needs to be had is the fact of you know, it is not about you know. Uh, well, I'm not Jewish, so I can't understand that, or I'm not a woman, or I'm not African American, or I'm not Hispanic. You know, in order for this world to change for the better. We have to reach out to people who don't look like us and sound like us and come from the same place and have the same parts as we do or have the same color that we do. Yet we need to find that common balance, that common ground, and that ground to me is never hate. To me that common ground is love. And uh, Ross, if you'll oblige me and and everybody uh, listening here, I want to read what Ari Mahler had to say. Ari Mahler was the Jewish nurse that, that helped... You know, this he's the one that when when uh, Robert Bowers came in, the 46 year old who did this, who had multiple gunshot wounds. Yeah, they actually had to heal him up, which is insane. But that's you have to give them care. Yeah, even though he did this horrible act, but that that's the other horrifying thing. They had to still treat him after he was shot, but he survived. So, Ari Mahler, I, I do want to read this, and so I'm going to read it in its entirety, and then Ross and I will have some thoughts. So, Ari Myler, this is what he had to say. Quote, I am the Jewish nurse. Yes, that Jewish nurse. The same one that people are talking about in the Pittsburgh shooting that left 11 dead. The trauma nurse in the ER that cared for Robert Bowers who yelled, quote, death to all Jews as he was wheeled into the hospital. The Jewish nurse who ran into a room to save his life. To be honest, I'm nervous about sharing this. I just know I feel alone right now. And the irony of the world Talking about me doesn't seem fair without the chance to speak for myself. When I was a kid, being labeled, quote, the Jewish anything, unquote, undoubtedly had derogatory connotations attaching, attached to, the, to it. That's why it feels so awkward to me that people suddenly look at it as an endearing term. As an adult, deflecting my religion by saying, quote, I'm not that religious, end quote, makes it easier for, to, for people to accept I'm Jewish, especially when I tell them my father's a rabbi. Quote, I'm not that religious, is just like is like saying, quote, don't worry, I'm not that Jewish, therefore, I'm not so different than you, end quote. And like clockwork, people don't look at me as awkwardly as they did a few seconds beforehand. I experienced anti-Semitism a lot as a kid. It's hard for me to say if it was always a product of genuine hatred 
or if kids with their own problems found a reason to single me out from others. Sure, there were a few Jewish kids at my school, but no one else had a father who was a rabbi. I found drawings on desks of my family being marched into gas chambers, swastikas drawn on my locker, and notes shoved inside of it saying, quote, die Jew, love Hitler, end quote. It was a different time back then, where bullying was not monitored like it is now. I was weak, too. Rather than tell anyone, I hid behind fear. Telling on the people who did this would only lead to consequences far worse. Regardless, the fact that this shooting took place doesn't shock me. To be honest, it's only a matter of time before the next one happens. History refutes hope that things will change. My heart yearns for change, but today's climate doesn't foster nurturing, tolerance, or civility. Even before the shooting took place, there's no real evidence supporting otherwise. The FBI and the Southern Poverty Law Center note that Jews only account for 2% of the U.S. population. Yet 60% of all religious hate crimes are committed against them. I don't know why people hate us so much, but the underbelly of anti-Semitism seems to be thriving. I want to go back to that again. The FBI and the Southern Poverty Law Center note that Jews only account for 2% of the U.S. population, yet 60% of all religious hate crimes are committed against them. So go back to what he was saying. So now here I am, the Jewish nurse that cared for Robert Bowers. I've watched them talk about me on CNN, Fox News, Anderson Cooper, PBS, and local news stations. I've read articles mentioning me in the New York Times and the Washington Post. The fact that I did my job, a job which requires compassion and empathy over everything, is newsworthy to people because I'm Jewish, even more so because my dad's a rabbi. To be honest, I didn't see evil when I looked into Robert Bauer's eyes. I saw something else. I can't go into details of our interactions because of HIPAA. I can tell you that as his nurse, or anyone's nurse, my care is given through kindness. My actions are measured with empathy. And regardless of the person you may be when you're not in my care, each breath you take is more beautiful than the last when you're lying on my stretcher. This was the same Robert Bowers that just committed mass, mass homicide. The Robert Bowers who instilled panic in my heart, worrying my parents, were two of his 11 victims less than an hour before his arrival. I'm sure he had no idea. I'm really trying not to cry. I'm sure he had no idea I was Jewish. Why thank a Jewish nurse when 15 minutes beforehand you'd shoot me in the head with no remorse? I didn't say a word to him about my religion. I chose not to say anything to him the entire time. I wanted him to feel compassion. I chose to show him empathy. I felt that the best way to honor his victims was for a Jew to prove him wrong. Besides, if he finds out I'm Jewish, does it really matter? The better question is, what does it mean to you? Love. That's why I did it. Love as an action is more powerful than words. And love in the face of evil gives others hope. It demonstrates humanity. It reaffirms why we're all here. The meaning of life is to give meaning to life. And love is the ultimate force that connects all living beings. I could care less what Robert Bauer thinks, but you, the person reading this, Love is the only message I wish instill in you. If my actions mean anything, love means everything. Respectfully, Ari Mahler, RN. That's powerful. You can see he's <laughs> a much bigger man, much bigger person, and uh, that he could treat a guy who did such monstrous acts against defenseless people and hurt them for no reason, and he could treat a guy like that. 
and do his job because you need to give them care. That's something, you know. I, it would have hurt me really bad either way, but especially being a Jewish person, and if I was still expected to treat this monster, I would have had a hard time doing that. But he was a much bigger man, and I think you prove a point that uh, in the end it shows how stupid it is to hate and fear people for no reason when they're pretty damn good people out there. And to stereotype against the people, who a guy who would be willing to take care of you in a time of need, that in your time of need, even after you've done horrendous acts, as he said, you would have you would have hurt him if you knew what he was when you were wielding that gun, and you still had the heart to take care of this man because he's still a man wounded and you need to treat him. And to do that after you know what he did to your fellow Jewish people, that's something. That's a powerful uh, message. And it's probably a much bigger man than I could ever be because I don't know if I could ever handle that if I knew someone did an act like that and that you don't treat them and care for them, that's something right there. That that gets to me. That's why, like I said, at times I feel hopeless. At times I try to keep the hope alive, especially uh, bringing in a young one into this world and hoping that they have the greatest future ahead of me. And no matter what happens to me, I know that they'll be kind of my legacy to move, live on. And I hope years from now they'll they'll be able to remember me. And to be able to bring that into our world, that kind of hope and dreams and just good and kindness for, of a young child, you hate that they're brought into a world that also has so much hate and fear and violence and you just want to take care of them and you hope that they just get to enjoy a long, lo great life and not have to deal with this tragedy. And then, you know, hopefully it doesn't hit too uh, close to home, but you know on the news they're going to probably one day watch horrible things happen and wonder why is this happening? Why is God letting this happen? And there's no straight up answer. There's evil in this world and we don't know why it's there. There's a lot of people with mental problems. There's a lot of people who have hatred and bigotry and racism, anti-Semitism. And we just wish it would go away, but unfortunately, all these years later, as much, as progressive as we get as a society, it's gotten better, our society, but it's also at times gotten worse. It's gotten more violent, more ter uh, terrible acts are happening, and it's 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 just it's tr it's tragic to to have lose that kind of sanctity of back in like the 1950s. You would see uh, like the Andy Griffith show, and everyone was just enjoying. The milkman would come over. Everyone, would, all the kids would play to like until it got dark out outside. Uh, you know, in the summer, you would just have fun. You wouldn't be afraid that anything bad was going to happen to you. And now, a lot of that innocence has been taken away, and that's a sad act. But it's a very powerful message, and uh, it, 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 I keep hope alive, but at times it feels hopeless, and I just I try to deal with I get very angry when I, when I see and hear something like this happen, and I just wish I could prevent something like this happening again, and I know I can't, so I feel defenseless when it comes to that, but it, it's, it's such a powerful message you just read, and it's hard to not get emotional over that, so I can totally understand, buddy. Yeah, no, and it... it <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't really shy away from it, nor will I. And I think that hiding my tears or hiding the fact that that message. You're going to be your true self. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if I, if I hid that, if I hid what that, and I'd never read that before. I right, folks, I mean, I literally, what you just heard is what I just read in the moment. And I had never read it before. And uh, no prep of, okay, what am I, that I'm, when it comes to me, real is real. And there is no fake. And, and, and the reality of it all is when something moves me, I allow myself to feel it because if I feel it, then you can feel it. And my hope is that if I feel it and you feel it and we together feel it, that something good will come of it. So, yeah, he, uh, yeah, 
I mean, I one, that's what was I amazing. Know is, you know, I, I've shown you know my frustration and kind of you know it's terrifying what's going on. What are your thoughts when you hear about something like this happening? I don't. I just when I hear something like this, I kind of wonder what the, you're probably the nicest, most genuine person I've ever met. What goes through your mind? Do you get angry? I know it's. I know you don't seem to have one angry mean bone in your body. So I don't. I can only imagine what kind of emotions go through you at in a moment like that. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll put it to you like this, and uh, you know, and, and again, real is real. You know, going through what nothing close to this by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, not 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 this at all. But uh, going through what I'm going through in in my life right now, I had realized that there was uh, there was. To- there was toxic people in my life, and those toxic people were making me very upset and very angry, and 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 that toxic behavior was was affecting me and kind of making me dirty, and and I was I was starting to become an angry person. I was starting to I was yelling, I was swearing, I was calling people names. I was not feeling like myself. And, you know, for people that know me, like, like Ross said, you know, I, I can't picture you yelling. I I can't, I I don't see that. And I didn't want to ever be that person. And I didn't ever want to come down to that. And it's, it's a long, hard realization that I had let somebody's hate and ill will, negativity and derogatory behavior, uh, change my behavior. And when it changed my behavior, it started to change me. And when it changed me, I started to get more angry that I was angry and that I wasn't being myself. So with that being said, you know, in my personal life, I have taken myself out of a very dark, very just wrong, toxic environment. And no matter how toxic that environment wants to continue to be, I have to be happy that I'm out of it and I can't let it control me anymore. I, I use that as an anecdote of what you just asked me, Ross, about how do I feel about this. When I see people hurt other people, I struggle with the reality that <clears throat> you could be the kindest, sweetest human being ever. You could be as close to Jesus or Moses or whatever you believe in. I mean, you could be the closest to a perfect human being and and still, still you could find hate. My grandmother, G Mama, she witnessed hate. She dealt with hate in her life, and and that was hard. My grandfather, before he married my grandmother, was married with a woman who, you know, there was it wasn't good and it wasn't healthy. And so, you know, I wonder and I look back on it and I look at you know what what other people very. I look at what my mom's been through in her life, and I, I look at what I have been through. And it is nothing close to this, but it's the reality of hate somehow finds the best people. And hate somehow attacks the best people, sometimes diligently. And I I had somebody write something to me, and I give a shout out to Al for this. He wrote to me, and, and I, I don't want to misquote him, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read what he wrote. I hope he doesn't mind. I'm not you know, I won't give you his last name, but I don't think he'll care. It was all inspirational, but but Al said, uh, I, know, I know it's terrible and I feel terrible, but the bottom line is you are a super strong guy emotionally. And more important than anything, you are a man of God. 
you're in the fire right now and all the greats get put through the fire. Unsuccessful people don't get the fire. Press into God through this and you will be sharpened beyond anything you can possibly fathom. Unshakable. Feel the fire. Walk right through it. It's your only option for where you are headed to the top. Enjoy the fire. I will pray for you. You have proof you're on the right path. That proof is the fire. The devil wants to stop you from fulfilling the master master plan. Read this daily until it's all behind you. You've worked too hard. God is allowing to prove how powerful his plan is to sharpen you, to prepare you. That there was something in front of me that was stopping me. And he said... That it's about healing, it's about helping, it's not about harming. And when I look back on those words and I read those words, I feel that those words can really be for anybody. It can be for the Jewish community, it can be for the African American community, it can be for women who have been raped or abused, it it could be for men who have been raped or abused, it can be people that have gone through emotional, physical, and mental abuse. I have witnessed in my life firsthand toward me the attack of verbal physical and uh, and verbal physical emotional and mental abuse i have been attacked in that respect and abused in that respect and have been in a position where i'm not going to call myself a victim but where i had been you know attacked for no reason not that there ever is a reason to abuse somebody but you know there are angry people out there that are that are downtrodden and so you know what i've learned from my life is i love god harder today than i did yesterday i love the fire and here's the crazy thing about it i said why me why me why me i don't get it it's not rational it's not logical it doesn't make sense but i i'm here this morning going i love the fire i genuinely love flexing my muscles in that burning flame, knowing that I'm going to come out of this thing so strong and so powerful and better than I was. There's something about feeling the fire around you and knowing that that fire around you not only is not going to stop you, but it is going to create such a powerful you that I am I am more than I am more than excited. I don't know how to I, I can't put it into words. I can only make you envision it picture me you know with you know picture me inside of a fire muscles out because i think a lot of the people who are toxic in someone's life will want to try to bring you down and want to have the enjoyment of that six miles knowing that they've beaten you and to overcome that and not let that keep you down i think that's the ultimate and it's going to make you a stronger person in your in your life you have a lot of years left and god willing you're going to live a great long life hopefully 100 years or whatever, and, you know, you're going to have kids one day, you're going to be a great dad, you're going to have all these great things happen to you, and just like all these other tragedies around the world, they're horrible, but uh, no matter what brings you down, you can't let that keep you down, and you're gonna, it's going to make you a stronger person, and that's the only thing that keeps me having some hope during these horrible times of despair when I see these tragedies in the world is that I know that there are people out there who are going to be able to overcome this and unite and stay together and not let these people who want to bring you down keep you down. They're going to 
burst through, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna make the best out of a horrible situation. So I I can only imagine, you know, when you're going through something and that you could overcome it, how that will make you feel that you can conquer anything that's put in your path. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing is that, and like I said, I I can't I can't like really put it into words more than you know when you look at fire and you see that like the fire almost looks liquidy. And it almost, you know, it, it, when 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 something's burning up, it, it almost it almost looks like it's wavy. And I just picture myself in the center of all this, and just having that fire around me, and me just screaming, but not screaming in pain, screaming in in just power, and 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 just flexing my muscles and saying, "Here we go." And I, I and I would say to the and and I, I just I feel it, I know it, and I love it. And I would say to the Jewish community, you have been here, unfortunately, more times than anybody yeah, should ever have many, to go. Way too many times, yeah. But I can say with utter certainty that God only gives his hardest, God only gives his biggest hardships to his best people. And God only, God only he knows you can get through it. He knows you can advance it. And, and, and if it shows you anything about this world and that you don't all have to be the same and you don't have to all agree on everything, Ross and I are best friends. I consider Ross my brother since 2008 when we sat at a table at a funeral for a mutual friend. 2008, it's 10 years later. Ross knows he's my brother. Ross is Jewish. I was raised Catholic, Christian. I believe that Jesus Christ is this, this, and this. Ross's religion doesn't believe any of that. And Ross and I both believe in God. We both believe in humanity. We both believe in being good to each other. And never once have Ross and I had to lose our friendship based on my belief, his belief. Because to me, if he believes in Jesus or not, it's 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 inconsequential. It's doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is is Ross a good person? Does Ross know that I love him? Does he love me back? And are we both trying to make this world a better place? And how can we bond together to be a unified front that's going to make it a better place faster? And so to the Jewish community, what I would say to you is, I love you. What I would say to you is, keep going. What I would say to you is, you're not doing anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with your religion. There is nothing wrong with you as a people. There's nothing wrong with your peace. There is nothing wrong with your heritage. There's nothing wrong with your history. There's nothing wrong with your celebration there is just something wrong with some people out there and they don't get it, they don't know it, they don't appreciate it, they can't wrap their head around it and you're never going to get it and you're never going to understand it. But if I learned anything, it's from a video that my mom showed me and that is that when somebody breaks your heart, when somebody tears you down, when somebody does something as horrible as this, don't blame love. It wasn't love's fault. Don't blame God. It wasn't God's fault. Don't say I'll never be able to bounce back. I'll never, I'll never be able to, to uh, advance. I'll never be able to do this because it's not, it's not the fault of anybody other than the person that made the decision to do something like this. And I really, really want people to know that this thing hurt me deeply. It broke me down. I actually really couldn't look at it because Everything that was going on in my personal life, I was like, I literally, seriously cannot take one more ounce of hate, so I pray that everybody is okay, but I literally, I can't take this world. When Ross and I were kids, and Columbine was like the first mass shoot, it was like, oh my God, how could this happen? Ten years later, we're still talking about it, and now it happens like every other Wednesday, 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Unfortunately, it seems to happen at least once a month now. I remember how insanely tragic, monumental that horrible Columbine uh, shooting was. And it shook me. I was, I think, in the eighth grade when it happened in 1999. And it's about to be 20 years later in a few months, in 2019. And unfortunately, it seems to happen over and over again. So that's that's the horrifying thing. It's become too commonplace that there are horrible tragedies, but it's almost like people in our society have come to expect it. Like it's it's going to happen, you know, with our freedom and with with people out there who have mental illness or, or have access to guns. What what's gonna you know you're gonna have to expect sometimes this will happen. And I hate to have an idea of living in a world and raising a ch- a children in a world where you kind of become numb to this because we shouldn't ever feel numb to this because this is not normal. These types of shootings, this type of bigotry, this type of hatred, we should not just accept this. That this is what happens in a free society. We should condemn this stuff and we should try to work on ourselves and work on others. And come together and try to prevent these things from happening, even though I know it's going to be hard to prevent all these tragedies. But I don't want ever us to get numb to this, like this is just what's going to happen in our society. Because we should not accept this. This is not This is not what we should accept in, a, in, a, in what we're supposed to be such an advanced culture in the United States. We're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. And I think we are the greatest country in the world. But we have flaws and we need to try to work on them. And work on ourselves rather than you know a lot of times we go attack everyone else we gotta you know, attack what other people are doing wrong in other countries we need to work on ourselves a little bit as well and we should never become numb to these tragedies that's the thing that scares me when people just think that this is commonplace and that and we should accept it we should never accept this no and that's the thing and that's and i agree with that wholeheartedly that you know it's it starts to become part of society and then and then people just kind of come to expect this but you know it's the way I feel about this is it's it's I can't believe that Jewish people have had to go through the history that they have gone through by maniacs that make no sense. I can't believe that this I can't believe that there was a leader that said this and that people followed it and believed it and trusted it and and somehow made it logical and rational and righted it in their mind and then did it and then took it out and carried it out and and then now here we are today where it's like why would you hate a Jewish person? What it, what like I have been around. I mean, I'm around Ross. I'm around. I'm around Ross, uh, Evan, Brandon, and you know, I'm around. You know, you could go by a synagogue, and and I I went to school across the street from one. You know, Temple Adith Yashirin, and and so I, to me, like I have never been threatened by a Jewish person. I have never been. Are you Catholic or Christian? Well, here's a problem. Like I have never witnessed hatred coming from a Jew. So for me. I don't get it, and I don't understand it, and I'm never going to understand it. So the only thing that I can say this morning is that I don't seek to understand hate because I, in order to understand hate, you have to have hate in your heart. I have love. In order to truly know hate, I, I can I can know love to the best of my ability to know that I could put it up against it and win, and I believe it will win, and I believe it does win, and I believe it wins today because of people like Ari. My, uh, Ari Maller, and I, I think that that's how it wins, uh, Ari Maller, and I think that, you know, it wins with Ross getting up and taking Lorelai to the grocery store. I think that it wins with people going back and worshiping. I never thought that I would live in a world that felt Jerusalem to me in America. I was always scared of, like, what was happening in Jerusalem and what was happening in the Middle East. But I never thought in my wildest dreams 
that I was like, oh, well, I love going to the movies and, oh, you know, I enjoy going to church and I enjoy going out to getting something to eat. I watch everybody that walks to the door now. I look at everybody and what they're doing. And as soon as that bell rings on the door, I'm looking at the guy that's coming in. I'm eating dinner at Utica Pizza Company and I'm having chicken riggies last week and this guy walks in the door and if he's got his hand in his pocket, I'm watching literally everything. I'm thinking to myself, you know, what can block me? How can I get down? Can I run fast enough? If he turns, where should I go? Where should I lock myself? Is there a way out of here? And it's taught me to be more resourceful. It's taught me to be more present with that, but it's also made me really, really sad. And But I still want to be a dad because I believe that good people are going to be pushed like uh, their entire lives. And it's, do we go off the ledge and die? Do we go off the ledge and become evil too? Or do we get pushed and hold on to this thing, pull ourselves back up, pull each other back up onto the cliff and then jump to the other side? And I think the the best sign of, of, of anything I can show you is that Ross and I have always, you know, grabbed a hold of the other person and, and help them you know, help to, you know, fling them over to the other, other side of the mountain, so to speak. And, uh, you know, that is something that I, that I take from this. I think yeah, the ultimate is that I think the ultimate way to get back at horrible tragedies and, and horrible evil is live a quality life, live a life, raise a child. Also in your daily life as an adult, live the way you, you know, it's, you know, it's kindergarten golden rule, act the way, treat people the way you want to be treated. Live a positive life, be a positive role model, bring positive kids and raise them in the right way so we have a future society that hopefully where, you know, I'm hoping one day, like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, that one day this bigotry and this division will go away. I know it won't always, it will never be 100% perfect. Sadly, there's going to be hate out there that will never change. But I'm hoping little by little as generations go by and we're more diverse and we accept people for what they are, that these these divisions we have will fight, kind of break down and we'll become more of one and we'll realize that we're a lot closer to each other than we are different and we're not as different as we think we are and the few differences that we have they're things that we should actually embrace and enjoy in one another because same old thing in each person if we were all the same and like the same things would be boring and we're but in the grand scheme of things i think we all generally want to do uh, be kind we want to love our families love our friends and we have good hearts. I think most people have good hearts. There's a few exceptions of people who are, are hurtful people. But I think majority of people want to live a quality life. And let's that's the ultimate revenge is just live a good life, raise good people, be good in your everyday life. And uh, and eventually we will overcome hate. That's kind of what I'm wishing for because I know what you were saying that you know now you go to a movie theater, go to a restaurant, you kind of are suspicious of almost anyone, you know, anyone who looks shady or uh, looks like they could be, you know, questionable character. You know, if someone, I, I know in in school after Columbine, you know, people wore trench coats, people were scared of them, that they were going to maybe hide a weapon or something. You know, it's sad that we live in a world that we're just suspicious uh, of a lot of people. But I think the ultimate way to try to conquer some of this fear is just raise good people and hopefully that will eventually overcome the fear and division that we have in the society and hopefully our leaders uh, even politically won't be as divisive because I think we need to we need to come together in a moment like this so I think whoever the president is whoever is Congress and Senate now they're both split between Republican Democrat with House and Senate control we need to come together and as much as kumbaya you're going to say that's not realistic it's the only way we're going to overcome some of this stuff is we got to stop 
with all this hatred. You might disagree with someone. I don't always agree with everything you believe in or my, my wife or my family believes in, but I have respect for you. I respect them, and I know that you generally want the best for me and the best for our world, so I'm not going to ever attack you because I could respectfully debate you on something without ever resorting to hate. I think that's what we got to do. we got to never resort to hate. Listen out to someone's uh, what they believe in, and you tell, say what you believe in, and then you come to a compromise, or you just let bygones be bygones and say, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe in, but I'm going to respect you, I'm not going to hate you, and I love that we live in a country that we are free to say our different opinions, and we live in a country where you can say quote-unquote fake news, or whatever kind of news you want, because we live in a free society where you can, you can stay, uh, state your opinion on what you like of someone or what you don't like about them, but that, let's never resort to violence whether if you don't like someone or you like them or not. You can never resort to violence. you got to respect the person and have a healthy dialogue. No, absolutely, and, and that's, that's the beauty of it is we have to keep moving. We have to keep pushing forward. We have to keep believing in each other, and we have to, we have to come together and know that you, know, you don't have to agree on anything. you just got to be a good person, and I truly believe that if you believe in something bigger than yourself, that's the first step towards success. And with that being said, Ross Turetsky, one of my greatest friends, my brother, seriously, my family. If God asked me, do I have a brother, the answer is yes. If you ask me, do I have a brother, the answer is yes. So with that being said, to my to my family, I appreciate you, my good sir. And I know we didn't talk about sports today, but wake-up call is where sports meets life. And I honestly yeah. think it's one of the best conversations we've ever had on the air, if not the a, best. So. It was. It sometimes it. There's some sports related just because there's been tributes in the Pittsburgh and other teams that have done tributes to this violence. But in the end, there's some things that are more important than just sports. We talk about sports all the time, and that's great. It's a great distraction. But sometimes life has such important issues that that you need to be discussed. And I think it was a great dialogue. I think there should be more dialogues like this in our world where you just talk stuff out rather than just, you know, I'm going to be angry, so I'm going to be shut myself down and, and be you know pissed off all the time because of something like this that happened, a tragedy like this happened. I think it's healthy to talk it out because you know we don't always get a chance to talk out our problems, and then you bottle it inside, and then I feel this immense weight on my shoulders, like I'm going to get a heart attack when I don't get a chance to uh, talk to. Uh, and I and I consider you. I have two brothers in uh, biological brothers. You're my third brother. You're my honorary brother. So I enjoy getting to talk to you, and I enjoy, enjoy talking to my brother about these issues. And it makes me feel more hopeful and healthier that I discuss some of this and I'm not bothering all this this upset anger about what has happened and we can discuss this stuff. And I think it's just a healthy thing and I'd love to chat with you. But yeah, you're definitely our family and uh, I think you're the best representation of what we can be if we strive for greatness and we strive to be a good person. You sometimes deal with a lot of, of, of bad things in your life. I deal with some bad things in my life. But we strive for be the best person we could possibly be, and in the end, I think it's going to work out. And I think, uh, I think one day we're going to be uh, super old, insane, uh, forgetful grandparents. We're going to have many grandkids, and we'll be able to laugh about uh, our insane uh, fears when we were kids and young adults. And we'll be able, hopefully, enjoy a future with our kids are are in a safer, better world. That's my hope. I'm, I know it's idealistic, but I'm I'm hoping one day that we can kind of just just enjoy that we've we've overcome these obstacles we've overcome these uh these these wild years of our youth and we can enjoy a, a positive world that i want to leave behind a world that's better than the way i found it and i hope that our kids will will feel the same way that they will leave behind a better world than they found it and and, and i am in 
full agreement and and under I mean I I'm there. I'm there. If we don't if we don't believe it can get better, it never will. So Let's do what we need to do to make this world a better place, and let's keep loving each other. Ross, as always, I appreciate you, brother, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you, buddy, and uh, you have best wishes for everything. And uh, go Syracuse, go sports, and let's go, man. Uh, you, you know, humankind for all us humans out there. Let's be together and let's keep, let's keep at it. But it's, it's always a pleasure to be uh, on the air with you, and I love you, buddy, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I agree with you, and I appreciate that, and I love you too, and. I'll talk with you soon, okay? Get, tell my tell my niche and Abby that I love them both. Absolutely. She's overcoming an ear infection. She's third day of medicine, and she right now is in Lululand in her ball pit that I showed you a picture of her office, of course. Like, we have our own little Chuck E. Cheese ball pit in her special uh, Lululand room that we call it, and she's has all the energy in the world, so I think she's getting healthy again. She's flinging balls, and she's uh, basically throwing all her toys on the ground. I think she's getting healthy again, so little by little, she's doing well. My wife's doing well, and... Uh, all the best to you and your family and all your loved ones as well. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. And I look forward to talking with you soon. And that proves that Ross is a great father, that his daughter has a ball pit at home. So <laughs> we'll talk very soon, and I will be back. I will be in Pennsylvania shortly to, to say to Lorelai to take a five-minute break so that I can have my own Chuck E. Cheese ball pit and enjoy that. And, and you uh, can fit in this ball pit. More power to you. You can jump in. I sometimes jump in there with her, and I have a hard time getting out. So I feel like I'm Chris Farley and uh, was it Tommy Boy. I'm a fat guy in a little coat. I'm going to break the ball pit, but hey, let's have some fun. There's no weight limits or requirements in our ball pit. If you can fit in and find your way to get out, by all means, enjoy it in Lululand's. Yeah. Yeah, well, I feel like that's something that I have to do. So, Lulu, keep keep the seat warm for me. I'll be down there in a bit. And as always, buddy, I, I, I thank you for being a part of the show. Absolutely. Thank you, and take care, buddy. I love you. I love you, too. Take care. That coming from Ross Turetsky. Whew! Those are the chills conversations. Those are the conversations about life that make you feel good. Let's take a step aside for a fast break. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. is spreading in historic Herald Square about Syracuse's favorite sports and entertainment venue, the Press Room Pub, with lots of room next to 450 parking spots. Wash down their delicious 9-ounce burger for $9.95 with a variety of New York State brewed beers. TVs abound all throughout the location, including their 90-inch monster. Watch your game enjoy time with family friends as well as bringing the kids to the playroom the SU alumni party for every away football game is making headlines as well as Robert Drummond Syracuse football alum and Dan Totoro's pre-game show two hours before kickoff for every home game private parties available as well for as many as 300 people Come circulate at the Press Room Pub, downtown Syracuse, and visit PressRoomPub.com right now for more information. Call. 
Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in DrySig Lady apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513. Or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Having peace of mind when you're out of town, that your furry loving friend is safe and sound, means taking them to Canine Campground. Because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? 
So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. <laughs> now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pickup times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to Canine Campground. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash Call. DT. I appreciate you tuning into today's show, and I want to thank Ross for having again one of the one of the best conversations I've had in a very long time. So my love to you, buddy, and my appreciation, and my love to the Jewish community. But really, seriously, my love to every single person, no matter what your religion, your nationality, your background, whether you're from America or not. You come into America, you leave America, you're born in America, you're not born in America. You're in another country. Whatever it may be, listen, people are people. Animals are animals. Plants are plants. Life is life, and we need to 
We need to respect it, support it, understand it, and give to it. Give back to it. Never give away from it. Give back to it. So be good to one another and be good to yourself. And do not give up on this life. Do not give up on this world. Do not give up on the things that truly, honestly matter. Please, 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 please do not give up on each other. And with that being said, Wake Up Call with Dan Satora never gives up on you. There's a reason why we're called Wake Up Call. First of all, we're in the morning. But the deeper reason is because we try to be a wake up call, a positive reinforcement or enforcement of morals, values, God, faith, family, and the things that really mean something in life. And of course, comedy and laughing and smiling and doing good things. And shout out to everybody that's given me a reason to smile these last few days. So with that being said, Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora will be back with you tomorrow morning. And I cannot wait. Thursday, November 8th, will be on the air, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, maybe a little bit longer than that. Papa Joe's picks college football to start off the show. And after that, in the second hour of the show, the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center. Find more on wildcatspizzapub.com and Penn and Trophy.com. Penn and, A-N-D, spell it out, Penn and trophy.com and of course i will be at chick-fil-a tomorrow to celebrate the section three class double a championship with the cns football team and their head coach dave klein we'll be there at 5 30 thursday november 8th and we can't wait to see you in the meantime god bless find us on facebook at wake up call dt twitter at call dt and instagram at wake up call underscore dt have a great day